diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from Wurundjeri land in the Kulin Nation, stolen land. We pay our respects to elders past and present. It's always was and always will be Aboriginal land. On today's program, our roving reporter Waffle Iron Girl is on location at the National Museum in Canberra, speaking with poet Sarah St. Vincent Welsh. Sarah is a Canberra-based writer and image maker who's known for her Chalk poetry, chalking on footpaths at art festivals, which you can see on social media under the handle Lit Chalk, which is L-I-T-C-H-A-L-K. Her poetry can be read in Chalk Borders by Flying Islands Pocket Poetry and Open, published by Rochford Press, as well as various anthologies and magazines. She's also the founder of Kindred Trees, a project that asks Canberra poets to respond to a local tree and aims to encourage a love of trees through poetry. You can find out more about that project at kindredtrees.com.au. This episode of Spoken Word has a trigger warning on the topic of suicide, and if you do find yourself needing support, we urge you to reach out to Lifeline on 131114, Beyond Blue on 1300 226636, or the Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467. We're sitting in the wonderful, warm, relatively speaking, sunshine of Canberra outside the National Museum of Australia. And I'm here talking to Sarah St. Vincent Welsh, a Canberra poet, um, about her wonderful poetry. Hi, it's just wonderful to be here with you. Lovely to have a visitor. How how was the exhibition? Oh, it was it was interesting. What was it called again? Feared and revered. Revered and feared. Revered and feared. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was. I have to sort of tuck it away and think about it for a while. I mean, I love goddesses, and there are a lot there that I knew, a couple that I didn't. Um, it was a bit small. <laughs> Medium-sized. When you walked in mm. and uh, we met up, mm. um, you were in search of one particular goddess straight away. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I was in search of Artemis, Diana, um, but she wasn't there. But, you know, she, she was with me. <laughs> I went round and had, you know, had a word to Athena and, and various others and they said, nah, she didn't want to come, sorry. <laughs> What's your relationship with Artemis? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I think 
I just find her an attractive goddess. She's the moon. Um, she's associated with the moon and who doesn't love the moon? And I think she's um, quite cool and elusive. She's the huntress. Um, if I was a goddess worshipper, you never know I might be. She might be one I'd worship. She's Apollo's sister. Well, to put you on the spot, some more. Yeah. Do you have a poem that's related to Artemis or goddesses or moons? Yeah, I don't have one about Artemis, but I've got one about another goddess that was actually in that exhibition. We actually saw her. You pointed her out to me straight away. Um, she's from Hawaii, Pele, and uh, here is the little poem. She is uh, a goddess of the volcanoes, and she's often she often appears to people, even to scientists. Um, before an eruption. Pele tap taps ash on lava waves, stubs sky holds, exhales clouds and earth. That was beautiful. Thank you, Sarah, for reading that. Um, tell us a little bit more about the project that you're doing with Poetic City Canberra. Oh, yeah. I've got a couple of projects I'm doing with them. Um, one is where I chalk poetry on the footpaths and it's usually in relationship to the festival, Poetic City, um, winter edition. <laughs> so we've got a few wintry themes going on there and, um, and to places. And the places that I... Um, chalked poetry at was Smith's Alternative which is a live music venue that's in uh, city centre which we call Civic and it's a wonderful place as you know S where that's very nurturing of the arts particularly music and we have poetry there every Monday night that poetry thing that is on at Smith's every Monday night it's called or that poetry thing and so I responded uh, with poetry to that place and to the festival and then also to the street theatre um, which is uh, in City West in Canberra just on the edge of the ANU and it's all part of about getting people into the city in winter because you know we've all been nervous to go out and now we're all feeling that you know we need to be together but there's, there's still feelings that we need to come together and um, and then particularly do things outside, even if it's if it's cold. And so I've been crawling around on the ground, chalking poetry in response to these places, <laughs> all new stuff. Yeah, so really fun. And I've done it. I've done it. Um, I'm not just looking around here. I haven't done it at the National Museum, but I should. Um, but I've done it at um, other places in Canberra as well. By the lake, we're actually by the lake now, and. Canberra is a bit of a funny old place because um, it's got a lot of conscious symbolism about being the capital. We've got such regulated space because of being the capital. We have different levels of bureaucracy regulating it that there was even um, difficulty eating outside and there was one Viennese um, cafe owner called Gus and we walked past his cafe actually and, and he, he just kept putting the chairs and tables outside like this is in the 70s 60s and 70s and like we're mad for eating outside we're just like the Melbournians but it's like freezing like zero and you're walking past thinking 
why are all these people eating outside? They're crazy. But um, we just love it. Um, why not? And, and I, But cause ha- that actually had to be fought for because, you know, it was a bit untidy. <laughs> we like untidy. <laughs> it, it is very manicured in Canberra, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, it can be. So it is kind of nice to have things like Poetic City where we've got fridges on the in the middle of the main road with um, magnetic poetry on it and people coming by and you know doing funny office poems and you know funny poems about the suburbs and just wondering what's happening with those fridges (laughs) it's a cool library (laughs) with poetry books in there Well, one of the poetry books in there um, at the moment is Chalk Borders, yeah. which is yours. Yeah. With flying... Flying Islands, yeah. Flying, flying Islands books. Yeah. yeah. Um, why Chalk Borders? Oh, yes. Well, it does come from the chalking practice. And I think, too, that it comes from the discussions with Kit Callan, the editor, uh, because I do write... I try and write between things and think about borders. I've been quite involved with um, Australia's uh, stance on on um, refugees, particularly the policies about offshore detention and you know the shame of that. And it kind of makes you think about borders, um, like. I had this interesting experience, you know, when, when we think, when an Australian thinks about borders, um, who has grown up here and who hasn't had to, you know, flee their own country or, or anything like that, you know, we think about, oh, you know, we've got to get rid of the fruit when we go between New South Wales and, and Victoria and, you know, sit in the car and eat our apples and, you know, it seems funny, but it's so, um, when you think about people's lives and talk to them about it these borders are at once so meaningful and 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 also not because people just live Mm. they're just they're just places and yet that they will will um you know whether you're on one side or the other will dictate the rest of your life do you have a poem yeah i do that talks to that yeah i do i'll just find it um this poem is called suspects The anthropologists are suspect. Borders are changing, they say. Entangling, cross-cutting, being performed. Mirage and glistering edges of nation-states in this late, later, latest capitalism. Groupings of currency, irregular cyber access. How are they borders? Where can you get an abortion is my question if not in a hospital, if not in a clinic? How long is the bus trip and how much? How clean? In which state? The philosopher says the border is indifferent. Who cares if the border thinks? The asylum seeker says they crossed it in a short walk every day before the coup. For another, it was a river and a boat, family and work on either side. I have another one on that subject. It's about, it's actually set in a a really um, early place pre-Canberra, a a church called St John's. 
this one's called St John the Baptist Church in 2016. Bells call the doubter. Bells ring her bones, count her steps down. Warm sandstone trudge, past cracking graves. They wait for inscription state for a city to come. She stands next to the uniting family, a young reverend, a Lutheran friend, on the green Anglican field, glare in her eyes, apprehending a culture outside in, so rare these days to feel the sure and familiar Protestantism of school and family, not requiring much, not even belief. At the very least, it required human decency church bells call. From wars we fight come people seeking refuge. Auntie Violet welcomes to country to protect all our spirits. Children and families wait for the order to board the planes, to leave here to return to illegal detention. Bells call. Let them stay. Subscribe to 3CR. Where else can you hear radical news, analysis, music and opinions? Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03 9419 8377. Thank you, 3CR. We love you. You are tuned to 3CR Community Radio on 855 AM online or podcast and the show is spoken word we're listening to waffle iron girl today in conversation with canberra poet sarah st vincent welsh i wonder about the relationship your poetry has with the taboo that's a big question (laughs) well i think you know that there is the possibility within poetry to perhaps try and state or reveal things that are difficult, you know, to provide some solace, to find words. You know, there may be no solace. That might be the point. But to provide help others have words as well for things that are difficult in our cultures um, but are real and that might you know help collectively to 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 be able to listen um, when we feel we're fumbling around you know we we often have poems at funerals and i know that they've provided me with you know the right ones there's solace or there's or it it, it gives some some other place for everyone's feelings to to have a voice you know even just for parts of it what do you think gives you solace when you're fumbling for words i think so i think reading does you know or listening um i know that i had to find a reading for a loved one's funeral and they were it was very difficult given the circumstances of the end of their life to find something that would seem true. And, yeah, I looked. I didn't have to look that far 
you know, in a big anthology of poetry and I found something so beautiful that honoured their life and for the people that knew them, mm. that it resonated and it wasn't fake, wasn't hiding anything. It was just about life and death and, you know, difficulties in life and, and some joys. Yeah. I think behind what you're saying um, in the last few minutes has been maybe some indirect assertions about truth or the necessity to face what is true even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it can help. Mm. I was asked to write a poem recently. Um, I felt very honoured to be asked and... It's to do with a project that's been happening all over Australia. It comes from um, Kendall White, um, who has initiated this Blue Tree project. And the idea is, um, it comes very sadly from when her brother took his own life, uh, Jaden, in 2019. This was over in, and it might have been 2018, I'm not quite sure of the date, but it's... Um, and they were farming people and they didn't see it coming. No one knew this was how he was feeling and all that he would do this. And during the um, grieving process, a friend remembered that they'd had luck and they'd gone out onto a property and painted a tree blue, thinking that the dad would come round on his tractor or his horse or in his car or bike or whatever and go, oh, how come that tree's blue? What have they done? And, um, and then that sort of organically people um, rallied around that thought and now people, it's become a charity and the trees that are painted blue are dead So and they're not usually habitat or anything like that. Um, and the idea is that exactly that happens and it happened to me while I was traveling around Australia we're kind of like hang on we're in Queensland what's that blue tree what does it mean and it just means that it's a way of saying let's talk about um mental health you know how are you going um you know what does this mean that sort of talk that you people often have in a car now you're stuck together and <laughs> oh why is that tree blue? I'm going to find out. Or stop and have a read or look it up on our phone. And then, oh, what does that mean to me? And what does that mean to you? And just the facilitation of, a, of what could be a diff difficult or just a gentle or just a, a conversation that you might not normally have. So we don't really have that. We didn't have a blue tree in Canberra. And um, I know a few people who look after trees here for the government and one of them is uh, Samantha Ning um, she's one of the people who that works in tree protection and when I came back from my little travel I said to Sam you know what about this blue tree she said, oh, I've been working on getting one of those here for ages and so we had finally had a ceremony where the tree got painted blue in a suburb called Lyons and I read a poem there and yeah, so I just called it the blue tree in lions. The yellow box rattles in the wind, dead branches entwined with sky. Trunk brushed in blue. At the turn off, drivers ask, 
Why has that tree got a blue coat? Passengers wonder. Strollers and joggers pause. Ask why is blue so sad? A silence inside. When it's also sky and sea. Why is it too hard to say something's really wrong? Socks paired, face washed, hair brushed. We make ourselves look better than we are. So no one sees our shuddering shame. My thoughts are worried leaves in a storm. My mind is bark eaten away. My job is too much, I think I'm done. How will I make money to pay my rent, let alone my debt? My family was stolen in my land. My body doesn't feel like me. Thrashing limbs, I can't stop. So scared I'll be ripped away. I'm different to anyone I've ever met. They left me. I was hurt too much. Where can I live? Where can I be safe? My love is not accepted. I asked for help, but it's too much. This pain has done me in, lopped branch after branch. The world has raced ahead of me. I'm lonely. People will think, why is that tree in lion's blue? Ask if you've seen that big blue tree. People on the drive to work, to the shops to visit, kids walking home from school, don't know what to say, might make it worse. Ask why is that tree blue? It's a start to find a way to say, there's something really wrong. This feeling, it's not leaving. Or I'm worried about our friend. So why is that tree blue? In the listening and speaking, here in country, in lions, right near Woden, in the valley near the creek, we might find a way to hear to say, yes, I'll listen. We can try to talk. I'll sit with you. I'll come. That's such a beautifully human poem, Sarah. One of the things we talked about when you were doing the the chalk marking project was how you found it as an excuse to talk to people. Yeah. Um, And in lying with that poem and its humanity, it seems to me that there's something in you that um, craves or um, is optimistic about, you know, reaching the humanity in other people. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, I suppose I have a philosophy of of being as open as I can. It comes with risks and hurts and I practice it. I'm not going to say I'm all that good at it, but I would sooner risk it and get a little hurt sometimes. For me, that's what I have to do. I have to do that because... Um, with the pain and the beauty, it's it's that's that's being alive. So you got to do it, and then perhaps. I suppose I'm really excited by those small gestures between people. And there's actually, I think, I've heard research that has shown that um, what we call fleeting and perhaps superficial contact between people, uh, the barber, the baker, um, is actually really important to mental health. 
Um, I agree. And um, real, really important to us keeping happy and healthy. Yeah. And a and human. Yes, and I think it helps you feel part of things and part because with family and friends, there's hopefully a bit of an expectation that we're going to accept each other, what's and all. You know, good moods, bad moods. You know, within reason. <laughs> um, overworked, what whatever it is, we can have a laugh about it. But the people around you, you don't really know. You don't know what's happening with them, and when you have that simple engagement and discover that it's it's good it it you feel good about the world hopefully they do too do you have any projects that you'd like um the 3cr listeners to know about oh yeah i do yeah um the i'd love for people it's not my project but i'd love them to look out for the blue trees how do they find that? Well, you'll just there is actually a website called the Blue Tree Project, and then you'll go. There's about nine hundred of them. Blue Tree Project. Yeah, bl- the Blue Tree Project. The Blue Tree Project. Yeah. and you'll see them a lot in a lot of regional places. If you're going on a trip around Australia, and and you just think, when you go past, you think, oh, oh that's a community who's come together for some reason. Who thought that they they want to think about this with other people, which I think is a beautiful thing, and. In the spirit of that, perhaps it's better to talk about it a bit. Um, and then I've got my own sort of tree project, which is called Kindred Trees. And it's got a website, kindredtrees.com.au, where I ask people to in Canberra to write about a local tree. And it's growing very slowly. I just have a few poems added each year, and that's sort of something I decided to do after the big fires that we had here because I was like oh my gosh what can I do what can I do apart from the obvious things what are the skills I have um not that many (laughs) um let's continue with the love of trees through poetry and have conversations about all this yeah I'm involved with a press um, called flyingislandspocketpoets.com and they um, that's the project of Kit Kellen and a whole lot of poets and they've been, he and they have been publishing poems both local and global for the last 10 years. They've got about 90 books. They're only $10 in a number of languages as well. And they're lovely little gifts or something something to explore or to order in for your library. Yeah, that, so that's, that's a lovely project that continues to grow. And, of course, there's Smith's Alternative, which is this wonderful live music venue where we have poetry, which I mentioned before, every Monday night, which, you know, my heart's really in. And a, a reminder again to 3CR listeners, live listeners, that this is happening in Canberra, yeah. so it's Smith Alternative in Canberra. That's right, yeah. Come and listen to some great music and poetry at Smith's Alternative, yeah. It's um, a warm, lovely place. And the poetry event? Is on Monday nights, yeah. regularly. And at the moment we're having a, a festival that's partly there, the Poetic City one, um, which Jackie Mellons is yeah. organising. It's called That Poetry Thing That Is On at Smith's Every Monday. <laughs> or TPT. <laughs> um, is there a poem you could take us out with, Sarah? Oh, I'll have a quick think. Uh, 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 okay, 
this is, is, is anyone, I wonder if there's anyone out there contemplating moving house because I have a philosophy about, about moving house. This is what it is. It's called a moving rule. Labeling and throwing out help a little. Knowing where the kettle is or will be and the potty, it all becomes theoretical in the last scramble. Our moving rule is we can stop to read. Never say no to a browse, a flip, a recitation, greeting a book again, getting reacquainted with Herculean Baban or Squirrel Nutkin. Not to pause with them would be against nature. Free to chatter about them, even if it alters our plans. Two men and a truck arrive. A house of books. Oh, jeez. They'd seen it before, rubbing their hands, getting ready. <laughs> to every poet out there with far too many books, which is most of us, thank you so much for spending time with us, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much, Es. It's just, I'm absolutely stoked to be um, talking to people, lovely people in Melbourne. It's wonderful. Thank you. You have been listening to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio featuring Canberra poet Sarah St. Vincent Welsh in conversation with our roving reporter Waffle Iron Girl. To replay this and many other shows at your leisure, please head to 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word where you can access years and years of podcasts. And while you're there, why not become a 3CR subscriber to help keep Grassroots Radio on the air. And also, if you would like to send us some of your work to broadcast on the show, you can do so at the same website. We'd love to hear from you. Until next week, this has been The Spoken Word Show. Thank you for listening.